Welcome to the B Signal Podcast, the podcast where filmmakers and fans talk about film and how it impacts our lives. I'm your host, B. Anthony. And now our feature presentation. And welcome to the B Signal Podcast. I am your host, B. Anthony. And in this moment, I am extremely excited to uh, bring on to my show the one, the only, uh, the, the sensational, the exceptional, the stellar award-winning Marette Brown-Clark. Hi, Marette. Hi, how are you, B. Anthony? Oh, I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is Thank so exciting. Yeah, this is nice. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so you, just so you know, uh, this episode just shows uh, how music helps film um, as far as storytelling. And wanted to bring you on just to get some insight since I know you have some experience between um, in the television part um, for creating a music. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, who or what inspired you to make music? Um, my family, my parents. My dad taught us how to sing. I have two brothers and a sister. So uh, my dad was very important. It's way too way important <laughs> for us to know how to sing. We were brought up in the church. Um, my dad thought he was James Cleveland and we were every singing aggregation that James Cleveland had. And um, in fact, the story is my mother told my dad that she would only marry him if he taught their children to sing. So I'm wow. a, yeah, a marriage pact. So um, my dad taught us how to sing. My mother made sure we had instrumentation uh, to go with that. I took piano, classical piano for about nine years and my sister studied piano, my two brothers, uh, one of them plays the drums. So I would say a, a musical family for sure. And that just kind of bled into every aspect of my life. So definitely my family. Nice. And so how do you describe uh, the music that you're currently making? If you had to put it in one word or genre, what, what do you do? Just heart music. I think, okay. um, of course, I sing gospel music. And so that deals with all the matters of the heart, um, Jesus's love, and um, that's the focus on that heart. So I try to sing music that touches people um, inside of themselves. So um, I'm really grateful that I've been able to make music that not only I love, but I love singing, I love communicating, and I love sharing with other people. So it really has been joy of my life to kind of be able to do that and tell people about the savior, I guess. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Loki, uh, I am one of the biggest fans. I have no problem admitting that. You're on my like uh, Instagram grid of favorite oh. albums. I don't know if you noticed, but you should go check it out. Um, okay. How do I feel? Uh, <laughs> but you've been listening to me sing for a long for time. A long for time, back to the... So. Uh, afternoon concerts at Greater Mount Calvary. Yeah. And I yeah, still have the cassette tape. And that's really where it started. What people see, the amalgamation of me now started at Calvary. It started with um one of the head of the Usher boards. I can't call her name right this minute, but she was like, we want you to come do a concert. So I was like, great. I'll call, you know, the group that I sing with, I'll call him and see if he wants to do a concert. And she was like, no, you. And I was like, he never did no concert before. My to the point, my family laughed when I called them and I said, "Okay, I want y'all to come down to DC because I'm doing this concert." They were like, 
you're doing a concert. Like, mm -mm, mm -mm, you don't even like singing. That's how they work. Wow. There's something about when God, like, you ask God what it is he put you on earth to do. And when he tells you, you just run with it, whether you've done it before, whether it's comfortable, whether you even think you have a knack for it. But something about that, that answer to my prayer spoke to my spirit and I took off running and it really confused people that had known me their entire lives. But um, it proved to be the best decision that I made to follow the leading of God. And it really has, it has fulfilled my entire life. Wow, that's really cool. To that point, uh, one question I've always wanted to ask you, and I've never had the space to do it. I love to hear you play the piano. Oh, um, I, I that was probably one of my favorite parts of your concerts. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that development of your gift? Yeah, you know, like I said, I took um uh, lessons for nine years, um, but I always um, just tried to learn how to play by ear. I guess you know, and just experimented with um, other sheet music other than classical. I used to play like 70s music and like love songs and things on the piano. And when I sat down to really start kind of playing, there was a young man, his name was Donnie McClurkin. He used to come to my church uh, in New York. And I would wow. see him sit down at the piano with his sisters, his group. And he would just sing songs I had never heard before. And I was like, how do you sit down and sing a song I've never heard before, but I'm mesmerized by it. So he definitely was a big inspiration into my, what it looked like to have the ability to play and to sing what God had downloaded into you. And so that really, well, he definitely was a, a key inspiration in the beginning of everything. Of course, now the whole world knows who Donnie McClurkin is, but um, as a 12 year old, I got the chance to see him up front and center. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to you uh, making all these albums, singing with Richard Smallwood, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah. How, throughout all of that, what inspires or how do you, what defines your creative process? Hmm. You know, I just try to, um, I pick all the songs I sing. Um, some of them I write and some of them I don't, but the ones that I pick to sing, are ones that feel like they came out of me. And so I'm always just looking for something that, like I said, that speaks to me first, because I know if it speaks to me, it speaks either to a situation or a feeling or just uh, something that just really kind of cuts through to me, then I know that that's a song that I can give to somebody else. Now, whether, you know, it takes some changes or, you know, some key changes or some word changes or just some, uh, section changes, it definitely is. If it feels like it's a song that I can do, then those are the things I record. So in gospel music, we have a little more liberty in choosing our songs and really defining who we are. It's not so much, you know, you have an A&R person, a promotions person really trying to define you. Well, you look like this, you sound like this, you should do this. Gospel, you're basically able to come to the table and say, this is who I am. This is how I sing. Take me or lead me. And I think that's the thing I appreciate about the gospel industry. Nobody really just tries to really define you if you come to the table mm -hmm. with who you are. And so me, people seeing me play the piano, people seeing me sing, people seeing me up singing or you know, uh, directing a choir, doing all those gifts, kind of let people say, okay, well, she got it. You know, We're gonna leave her alone and let her do 
where right. she came. So I've been very fortunate in that regard to be able to walk through a lot of doors, different types of doors, um, yet still being able to be musical. Beautiful. Um, and so in 2006, uh, you submitted a version of the theme song for The Wire. Yes. Um, can you talk about how that opportunity even fell in your lap, how, how it came about? That That's a pretty nice pivot yeah. of gospel music. So how did that happen? It was a nice pivot. Um, so, you know, they're from The Wire in Baltimore. It's based on Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And um, they actually, you know, shot it in Baltimore. The producers were here. David Kelly, like, huge producer, like, you know, all kinds of shows and movies. And it's just like, what? You're up the street? And so a friend of mine came to me and said, you know, they're looking, somebody approached me about um, producing the theme song for The Wires. So I had to do a little catch up. And I realized that they did the same song every, every season. They just had different versions of it. So this particular year, they were focusing on children, um, the school system in Baltimore. Right. And they wanted to make sure kids sang it. And um, they came to us because they wanted a gospel tinge to it too. So I was like, okay. And we had to submit our version um, along with, I think two other people submitted versions. And we were like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. They're never going to pick our version. And I sang the demo and I was like, oh yeah, they're never going to pick it. Like this stuff never happens. And they literally listened to our version and picked our version. We were like, what? So fun fact about that. It became the um, the opening for that season. I want to say season five. I could be wrong right now, but I think it was season four. Season four, okay. Yeah. So we came that for the season, and I, even though I didn't sing it, the young man that sang it had his voice had some of the same kind of timber that my voice had. So I have people coming up to me saying, "Oh, you know, you sang that uh, theme song," and I was like, "Oh, it's not really me." That's but not me. Said, yeah. <laughs> But now here's the funny part, because I really kind of stopped playing the piano um, that we had talked about before. So I was a little rusty, but the person that played the piano on the version we submitted, great piano player, but it was so, it, to them, it was like too great. It wasn't like gritty enough. And so I was like, well, I'll play it in my three, you know, three chords. So it is my actual piano playing. Wow. Theme song. Cause they just wanted it to sound not so glossy. They wanted to sound like, yep, this is Baltimore city and this is that story. So not my singing, but my piano playing actually ended up on there, but we were allowed to produce it. And it just was really nice to be able to make those decisions um, and to fully produce and then hear it on um, the season. It was pretty amazing. And to see my name go through the credits, like that's something I will never forget. Talk about the process of um, getting the gig, like you said, and then from the time you got it, was there kind of an internal pressure that you felt just to um, to to uh, complete the task? Uh, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, just to to complete a song for such a gritty show, knowing that you're coming from gospel music, or do you just put on your musician hat? And just like I'm gonna do it, and see. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've always prided myself on not just being, even though gospel is what I sing and gospel is who I am. I've never just looked at myself as I'm a gospel artist. I've always 
loved other genres of music. I've always appreciated musicality, instrumentation, uh, orchestration, uh, you know, production, all of those things. So all of those things are going to who I am. I'm a musician at my heart. And so it was easy to kind of fall into that mode. And, and I'm short. So, you know, short people, they like to like, you know, tell people what to do. So <laughs> I was able to kind of fall into um, leadership in that regard. But you always, you know, musicians are, um, we're sensitive about what we do. You know, it's always like, do you like it? You know, I know I recorded this song, but do you like it? So it was just that innate pressure to feel like, oh my gosh, such a big show, such a big, big honor. I hope we do it right. But the producers were right there next to us because they have the visual to what it was we were putting the theme song to. So they kind of helped lead us to, well, you know, this is what we want it to sound like and this is what we want done, which is really why, again, I ended up playing the piano because for me, I was like, he is killing it. It is great. But to them, it was like, oh, it's too, it's too nice. It's too, it's too fancy. And so to be open to that correction, I don't want, you know, I think this is a good lesson that even though you may be the greatest producer, you may be the greatest writer, but if you're not open to um, edits and change and to uh, to receive somebody else's opinion and make those changes and trust those things, then, um, you know, you'll probably be making music in your basement all the time. You That's have to good. be open. Yeah, you have to be open to what you, what you do is good and what you do may be great, but it's always open to the interpretation of who's hearing it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and, and writing that check. <laughs> and, and writing that check. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, talk to musicians who are just thinking about, so you have musicians who know they want to be an artist right. and stay in that realm. But then also you have musicians who, like you, they see an opportunity and they jump for it. Mm -hmm. um, is one greater than the other as far as a perspective or should you just as an artist be open to just exploring all realms of where music could go and how it could enhance uh, other mediums like film or television? I think as a musician, you should always be open to, to um, all possibilities. I think mm -hmm. where we get in trouble is that we believe our own hype. And like I said, you can be great. You can be a great, um, a good musician, a great musician. But if you are not malleable, if you're not willing to change, and a lot of musicians get into that genre, this is how I do it. And, you know, you can't tell me what to do. And they, they might get corrected and say, well, this is how I want it played or this is how I want it done. And then they just do it how they want to anyway. You're never going to get anywhere if you're that person, you have to be willing. I was just talking to my daughter. I was like, you have to be a lifelong learner. Yes. You don't ever get to a point in your singing, in your musicianship, in your production, where you're just like, I'm here and that's it. Because you will get left in the dust. Wow. You get left. Your sound today may not be the sound for tomorrow. So you always got to be pushing yourself and pressing yourself experimenting and seeing what's new, being open to other creatives. Um, no man is an island. So you always, you know, I like when musicians get together and they just shed, you know, be get accustomed to playing with different musicians and being open to what people, other people's opinions, because that's what make you great. I think um, even with me, you know, the albums that I've been able to make, um, the producers have taken what I do and they have, um, 
they have uh, added on to that and not tried to make me be something that I'm not. I can tell on songs, you know, I, I have more songs that I lean towards in, in my catalog and I can tell on those songs where the producer really got it and really heard me and brought what, brought what I did to life, but it was still me. And then I can listen to songs that I've recorded and I'm like, they just didn't get it at all. But they're still good. You know, I'm still singing. I'm still, you know, musicianship is good, but I can tell where I wasn't married to the song. I wasn't married to the producer. So you'll have those moments where those things happen. Um, you wanna make sure that you are fulfilled as an artist and you're fulfilled as a musician and a producer, a writer, whatever that is. But you always want to be open to other people's um, opinions and what and what other people have to say. Beautiful, and that just confirms something that I put onto as I'm learning um, and evolving as a filmmaker. Um, the lifelong uh, student, being always a student, that is something that I hold on to, and I find that when I take that posture, it just helps me to um, not only advance in the art of filmmaking, but I really benefit from hearing uh, from those who are like experienced in the field already. And I get to add um, yeah. things to me that I probably wouldn't have never had had I not just humbled yeah. myself. And, and it's, um, it's important to be open to that because the wrong, just in, in terms of filmmaking, the wrong, even the wrong, not even talking about the wrong song, I'm talking about the wrong bed of music under some speaking or the wrong transition music to another scene can make or break what you're doing. And yeah. so if you're just like, well, I want, you know, some congas over here, whatever, and somebody else goes, that might not be the best. And you're like, well, I'm the director, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that could be something that makes or break that moment. Um, movies are built on moments and that's just, you know, straight through. You can, t you can speak to a moment in a movie that you were like, oh, I love that moment. I love that movie. It's not because you just love the whole movie. You loved every word that was spoken, but you can you can remember more moments in that movie, that show, that the TV show, those things, and those are the things that you hold on to. Nice. So, what is one some of your favorite musical moments in film or television? If you had to pick a couple, uh, what would those be? Well, I just watched Hamilton in full since. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I have There's not no watched it. Yeah, you need to do it. So my daughters are had already sung the theme song to me like four thousand five hundred sixty-two <laughs> thousand times. Okay, but I had we had never seen it. Like I just could not find thousands of dollars to take them to go see it, and I didn't. Um, yeah, I just couldn't do it. So once it came on um, streaming, we were able to sit down and watch it. It was like. You know, you sit there with your mouth open at the musicality of the entire show. Like you don't move the entire show. You don't want it to to end, honestly. And so being able to think like that and to be able to watch that show and to see what happens. Broadway has a lot to is a lot like that because, you know, um the musicals, you know, are built on the music. Um yes. I'm trying to think of, of, a, of a movie that I've seen lately. You have to pray for me because I watch a lot of um, cartoons. <laughs> oh no, I love cartoons too. I'm a big Looney Tune fan. I was just talking yeah. to my coworker about that. So I'm a cartoon fan. Yeah, yeah, but like any Disney movie or, oh, I know I liked them. Um, oh Jesus, this is silly. So the last real long movie I saw was The Trolls. And so they okay. had all the different genres. They had like the rock trolls and the hip hop trolls and the pop trolls and stuff. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I'm embarrassed a little no, bit. No, I'm you you're giving but, me a reason to watch it because I wasn't gonna watch it. At all. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> but even in something like that, you know what I mean? They couldn't have had a movie like that, like that that theme if 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 everybody didn't do what they were called to do. You okay. Know, their genre of music, their their musicality being open to that stuff. It was really, really good. So I will go watch Trolls on your word. And then call me and let me know. I'm, like, I'm going to be like, you know what? Good call. Good call. Um, okay. Last question. I want to be a man of my and I hold you all night. Um, I went through the internet and oh. I am surprised <laughs> that you haven't done more in the realm of TV or film. So it's two questions, kind of wrap up one. Um, do you want to do more in to film or TV? And then if so, what would be kind of like your dream project to do? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm always open to whatever door God opens for me that I can walk through. So that's one. So the answer would be an emphatic yes. Okay. And then two, gosh, what, um, what would I be open to doing? Just anything that's... Um, Uplifting, anything that's gonna kind of put a smile on people's. Hold on, <coughs> I'd be open to doing anything that's gonna put a smile on people's faces. <laughs> I don't even know. Look, so I don't even know how you even get to FaceTime on my laptop. Like that is some some stuff. It was Detroit zip code, area code. Um. Yeah, I, any kind of family friendly ish kind of thing, but um, or rom com, boy meets girl, girl meets boy, boy and girl break up, they get back together and go, you know, skipping off into the. I would the love to see you do one for I love rom coms. Um, yeah, I do too. Oh wow, that's really exciting. Well, thank you, thank you so much for being on the podcast, um, and thank you for once again helping me. You play a big part in my development, not only um as a creative but just mom will tell you uh growing up in calvary and for teaching me how to sing and just how to handle myself as a young man um and just for always being that encouragement so i want to take this opportunity to thank you um for playing a, a huge part in getting me to where i am right now well you're giving me too much credit but um you know i you always held have have held will hold uh, a special place in my heart. And I think that God knits hearts together and you don't know why you do or you're led to do certain things or even why you're placing certain things. And a lot of the times I would leave, you know, our choir rehearsals and I would just cry like, you know, why, why won't anybody listen and why won't they get it? But you always came in just ready to learn, eager to be, uh, eager to listen, um, eager to take instruction. And even before that, I was just like, oh, he's so nice. I just, something about you, you had Jesus on you then and you have wow. him now. And it's an honor to see you. I can't believe that you are a grown man. I'll be saying that till you'll be like 80 and I'll be like, why are you grown? So please forgive me for that. But it has been an honor to have played any part in your life. And I pray that God continues to just open up doors for you and blow your mind exponentially. I'm a product of praying and asking God what it is I'm supposed to do. 
what he created me to do. And then following that, uh, following what he says to do, he didn't give me a blueprint. He just told me what to do. And I ran after it. And to this day, I'm running after it. And so if that's what you're found doing, if you know that what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing, what he's called you to, then I'm a, a living epistle that God will breathe on that and give you great success. And he'll give you favor and he'll give you mercy and he'll give you grace that you don't deserve, but he'll allow what he put in you to do what it is his plan to do. So I just pray that for you, not just you, but for everybody that may be listening um, on today. Find that purpose, find what that is, and then run after it. Yep. Awesome. (laughs) Wow, that was amazing. Thank you so much, Marette. Beautiful, beautiful words of wisdom. Hey, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Are you on social media? You want to yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Moret B. Clark. I'm probably the only Moret you will find. So it's Moret like Maurice, but it's Moret B. Clark. Um, Facebook, Moret Brown Clark. If you just put that in the search engine, you'll find my website. You'll find uh, Wikipedia, all that. So yeah, you can find me on the internet. Awesome. And then the new album's coming out when? I hope it comes out 2021. I got a few things. I got uh, crooks in the road that I have to work out. But um, other than that, hopefully in 2021. I can't wait. Um, oh, wait. Okay. I don't know if I ever told you this story. Uh-oh. I will end on this note. Um, okay. Because it's my mom, I wish she could see this moment. So I, I <laughs> drove to Baltimore to be at the recording for uh, The Dream. Yes. Yep. Okay. I know you remember that night because everything that could happen did happen. However, um, not to minimize that, but there was a hurricane happening that night or a tornado or something. And so when I came to the concert, mom was like, you're driving in a tornado. I was like, (laughs) yes, I'm driving in a tornado to see Marette Brown Clark and there's nothing that's going to stop me. And so she took comfort initially because people were going with me. Right. All three people that were supposed to go with me dropped off at the last minute. I didn't care. I was going to go see Marette Brown Clark at uh, Jamal Bryan's church. Yeah. I, I, that was just it. Yeah. So when I tell you, it really was like driving through the film Twister to get to the church. I drove through torrential rain, yeah. Yeah. darkness. At, Driving there, I didn't care because I was focused. I was like, I'm going to get to Moretz's recording. Thank you, Lord, for protecting you. (laughs) (laughs) And driving back, it was scarier because I didn't realize how bad it was because I was just focused on getting to you. Um, Long story short, I got home, I think, probably like two in the morning. Uh Um, Mom had the light on in the living room. And I walked in. She said, okay, you made it home. She said, I gave you up to Jesus. I said, well, Lord. If you take them, you'll be like Elijah. It'll be, it'll be like in the whirlwind in the cloud. Like it's cloud. <laughs> it was worth it. Though. I can only imagine. I hate when my kids even leave the house. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, please, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's it's a story that we always go back to to this day. Yeah. Like you were, you were just you. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. You were going to go see more. I was like, yes, I was. Yeah. So, um, 
And you know, everything that w- that could have went wrong went wrong that night. The power went out. You couldn't hardly use the bathroom because the toilets were making too much noise. It was yeah. crazy. But that night birthed it ain't over until God says it's over. over. It birthed one God. It birthed some of my biggest hits. So it literally was, we had to come through the storm to get through songs that are literally taking care of me to this day. So, And to to uh, another significant Anthony thing about Brown. Anthony Brown. Yes. First that time I it. saw him, I, re- I just remember thinking, so when are the computers going to show in their voices? Right, right. People don't sing like that. That. That's weird. And that was the first time recording on a gospel project. Like that's amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing night. I know I'm glad you were there. I remember every time I see you when you come somewhere, you always just look like, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, there's Brian. (laughs) It just my heart just pity pats when I see your face. So you like find your mother, give her like the biggest hug for me. And tell her just I thank you her for birthing you because you belong to me for sure. (laughs) I will. I definitely will. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love you. Uh to the viewing audience. Uh and that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.